This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Wicked Chronic, a new, unique, boutique-style retail shop that focuses on selling counterculture products, Wiccan and cannabis cultures coming together in a unique setting located in Natick, Massachusetts. You can check them out on their website at wickedchronic.vendacommerce.com. Stop on by to pick up anything that you need for your cannabis culture in your own home, as well as possibly anything you might need in a Wiccan environment, such as herbs and spices. Stop in and talk with the owner, Beverly, about maybe a tarot card reading or something else Wicked This Way comes. Perfect for a podcast such as this. Again, it's Wicked Chronic, located in Natick, Massachusetts. In the shadows you can hear the sounds The rumble of a hundred hellhounds Cries of the banshee, a terror of the way to go You all that can't see if they just know where to go It's the creature It's the creature It's the creatures from the supernatural You are listening to the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast, and I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I am your co-host, Kat. Tonight's episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore, a podcast dedicated to all the monsters, mythology, religion, history, and other things that go bump in the night, dedicated to the TV series Supernatural. We are talking about the episode Hell House. I almost said Welcome to Hell House, which is the name of an actual movie and a story uh, written by Richard Matheson. So the name actually draws its uh, relation to a uh, a famous story, Welcome to Hell House. Uh, Richard Matheson worked on I Am Legend and several episodes of The Twilight Zone and so on and so forth. And Kat has the description of the episode for us. Sam and Dean investigate the case of a maniacal ghost inhabiting a long-abandoned Texas farmhouse known as Hell House. They believe the ghost is the spirit of a deceased Depression-era farmer who killed his family. Sam and Dean come to find that two bumbling wannabe paranormal investigators, Harry and Ed, are already on the case. And this is the episode where Ghost Facers comes in. Yes. It's probably my favorite episode of season one i think it's most people's uh definitely top 10 episodes of all time because of the bumblingness of the ghost facers which is something else we can talk about uh real life paranormal investigators and if they are uh, a bunch of uh, fools or not they Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) they might listen to this podcast so be careful (laughs) what we say about them i have run into ghost chasing people before not in an abandoned place like this because then i would be considered like the, the two bumbling ghost facers and the real ghost ghost chasers would be like uh, sam and dean have you ever met ghost hunting people in, no but not even every single time i go on a trip there's always one of those like tourist attractions where it's like oh go on this like ghost hunting experience you never, never wanted to that. do it no i'm not well i've never i don't know I've just never done it. You lived in Massachusetts, though, for 18 years. Never done, like, the one in, like, Salem? Because they do that. I I actually went to Salem for the first time last year. Oh, wow. Never go on Halloween. (laughs) 
No. No. But they do that there. Uh, one of the first interviews I did for Radio Horror was with Steve from Ghost Ghost Hunters. He's probably one of the most famous of the Ghost Hunters. Um, not no, so much because he's this great ghost hunter, because he's like insanely like good looking, I guess, in some people's opinions. So he's always been like the poster child for the ghost hunters. Mm-hmm. But he was not a great interviewer like he just didn't know how to like answer questions so it was like the most boring interview of all time but my ex-wife at the time was like oh you should interview him he's really awesome i'm like is he really awesome or is he just really hot she's like kind of both but you should go interview him um and then i was at a convention in rhode island greenwich greenwich rhode island is that greenwood rhode island greenfield rhode island um being put on by Tony Jones, who anyone listens that lives in New England, Tony Jones, or at least lives in Rhode Island, you probably know who Tony Jones is. He ran for a couple of different office positions in Rhode Island, but he's a really well-known uh, DJ up there, and he did a convention of uh, kind of like a horror flea market thing, and they had ghost hunting people there with like noises of ghosts that they would play, and they're like, oh, and here it is, you can hear the girl ghost calling for help. Or the noises she makes. And I'm like, "Yeah, are you freaking kidding me? It's funny how whenever they do those things, it's like, listen, can't you hear the word help? And it's just like... Oh my god, it's so bad. One of the one of the only episodes of Ghost Hunters... Sorry, one of the two only episodes of Ghost Hunters I ever watched was at the old Higgins Armory. If you ever took a class trip there. No. No? Really? Oh, they did, uh, at least in Worcester County, they would do class trips to Higgins Armory all the time, which was the largest collection of medieval weapons in the United States. Uh, it was, it, the building is, like, super tall. If you go to the, uh, one of the, it's the mall in Worcester, um, you, if you drive down, like, 190 going towards, like, Lemonster or something, you will see this giant square building. And it was four floors of medieval weapons and armor, from axes to swords to bot to suits of armor and stuff like that. And they did an episode of Ghost Hunters there one time, and they determined it was just the air conditioner <laughs> turning mm-hmm. on and off. I was like, wow, they dedicated a whole episode. The only reason I watched it is because uh, my friend Bill McMillan, who was used to run Worcester Poetry, uh, was the was in the episode, so he was the guy who had to stay there overnight with them while they did it, because they could only do it overnight. And so he toured him around and stuff, and that was it. And the only other episode of Ghost Hunters I ever watched in my life is when they went to Dracula's castle, because, you know, it's supposedly haunted by Count Dracula. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did the White House one time. They were going to, like, find Lincoln's ghost. <laughs> That didn't work out. No. Supposedly, like, Chelsea Clinton, when Bill was president back in the 90s, said that she saw, like, Clinton's ghost. Uh, Clinton's ghost. (laughs) (laughs) She saw Lincoln's ghost. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. So maybe she was looking for Lincoln's gold or something. I don't know. Maybe. Um, and I said, oh, maybe the ghost hunters should come here because supposedly the radio station's haunted and we can get some publicity being on the sci-fi channel. That didn't happen, so... Um, I don't believe in ghosts. Um, I don't have enough energy to create a tulpa. Do you? No. No. I don't have enough energy to even get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> it's because you're up till like 2 a.m., you said. You shouldn't be doing that anymore now that you're not in school. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, what does the supernatural monster guide say about a tulpa? Which is what Sam and Dean encounter created by you believing in something that's not real. It says they say that if enough people believe something, it's true. Well, politicians say that. 
Those of us who try to work with real things in the real world aren't as convinced, but we have to admit that it's possible to create something just by believing in it hard enough. In the Tibetan mystical tradition, highly advanced laymen could give their thoughts and imaginings as actual physical existence. They're called tulpas, and they're tricky to handle. A tulpa is pure and simple, a being created by the act of someone imagining it. When the two of us were kids, we never had imaginary friends because the real world was just too damn weird. Wait a minute. That is an incorrect statement based on last season's episode where, or either season 12 or season 11, where Dean, uh, Sam, met his imaginary friend and other imaginary friends were getting murdered. Yep. Do you remember that? Yeah, I think so. Did you see season 12 at all yet? I saw a little bit of it. I forget if that was one of the episodes I saw. It might have been season 11 then, because I don't think... Yeah, it wasn't season 12. It was definitely season 11. Sam's imaginary friend reappears to him because a girl's um, uh, mermaid friend, I think, gets killed or something, right? Mm -hmm. And they go and investigate it or whatever because she's, like, catatonic over it because she actually saw the murder happen. And they go there and there's, like, nothing there. And then, like, the... Sam's old imaginary friend appears to Sam and he sees it sees him for the first time. And it's like a flashback with like again new actors playing young Sam and Dean. Um yeah. and eventually he's like, I don't believe in you anymore because my dad says imaginary people aren't real. That's all make believe and make us feel better. Real monsters are real. And then so he kind of like he can't see him anymore. Because it, it's like it's like if they ever do a Santa Claus episode, you know what I mean? Which I don't think they'll ever do. So the book is lying. Yes. They just, just want to seem cool. Or the book was written during season two where this plot line has not been developed yet. <laughs> yeah, probably that. We need that book uh, retconned up a bit. Mm-hmm. Yes. But with the advent of the internet these days, I don't know if anyone will actually probably do that. Yes. Yes. So was that the rest of it? That was mo- I mean, there's like two more pages. Oh, really? <laughs> Can I see? Yes. Who's the author of this book, by the way? This is Alex Irvine, who also wrote um, John Winchester's journal, for anyone who's interested. And he's written a whole bunch of other cool stuff, um, a lot of uh, movie adaptations and novels of his own. Um, The symbol used to summon the Tulpa, we eventually find out, is, of course, from... The Blue Oyster Cult, which Dean cannot put his finger on, but then recognizes, remembers, as he is a big Blue Oyster Cult fan. And we had Blue Oyster Cult music playing in uh, a few episodes before this, in the uh, the Reaper episode, the Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah. Mordecai Murdoch is the name of the tulpa that they encounter in uh, Texas, uh, R- Richardson, Texas, in this shack. And they, of course, they see the. Oh, I, I do love this one part in the paragraph. It says, The Crowley School of Occult Practice is full of instances of created beings, too. About this tulpa, specifically dad notes, and then there's a dad note here from John Winchester. But the Crowley School of Occult Practice, again, I think this was written during season two or three, and Crowley had not been invented yet until seasons four. Yes. So kind of interesting that they threw Crowley in there. I wonder if maybe that's where they got the name Crowley from. I don't know. I think the actor just basically become available because he had just been on Battlestar Galactica, so they easily cast him. Um, he was a lawyer on Battlestar Galactica, which, of course, fits being a demon. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the name of this guy and then his look is very reminiscent of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, kind of like in a way with the uh, the... 
the hillbilly living in the shack, you know what I mean? And the Texas Chainsaw Massacre's protagonist, Leatherface, is kind of like a hillbilly out in Texas, and this story takes place in Texas as well. Yeah. So I think they drew probably some inspiration from that, too. Um, I don't have the Supernatural episode uh, uh, book with me for season one, um, so I cannot confirm that, but there is a whole write-up by Eric Kripke about his version of the Tulpa. What else have you found about the Tulpa? I just found um, on some different sources different definitions of it and I mean they're all saying basically it's an entity created in mind acting independently of and parallel to your own consciousness they are able to think and they have their own free will emotions and memories but um, it's an entity that's created by people believing in it which seems to be the uh, case in all the different versions of uh, what the Topa is. It definitely has a connection to Indian Buddhism. Yes, that's, um, that's where I saw it originates from. Did uh, Do you remember in the episode if they happen to mention uh, Indian Buddhism? I don't think they did. The way Sam and Dean vanquishes the creature in this episode is just by going online and writing a new backstory for it. <laughs> well, actually, no. What they What they eventually did didn't they burn down the house yeah, well yeah but they had to do that because of the legend that they created yeah. online um because the lead like the, i think one of the servers went down because they told the ghost facers a different legend and they were going to write it and yes. then they never did because their server crashed so now, then dean's like oh well let's just burn down the house basically now that episode now that uh, that website actually existed back when the episode was on uh, on the air you could go to that website really yeah it's like calling um when we were when the, my other podcast uh recovering constantine and to this day you can still call john constantine's phone number on his business card in the episode that he gives to his psychiatrist master of the dark arts mm-hmm. and john constantine will answer it and then hang up like it will start go, go to a busy signal or something, but you can still call and get a little message from John Constantine, and that show's been that. off the air for three years. It's kind of cool. I think you could have called Dean's phone at one point too. I think yeah. we discussed that in a previous episode. Did you try calling Dean's phone? I haven't. All right, well, we'll see if we can find that number in one of these recordings that we're doing today and call Dean's phone to get a message from him. Uh, I think he mentions like the death of uh, Mary's like death date and stuff. Uh, oh, uh, it's called the Hellhounds Lair. That was the name of the website that they used, the Urban Legend site from the episode run by the show's producers. Now, if you go to it, it just goes to the CWTV uh, website now. Mm-hmm. So, and the first image up is from like Masses of Illusion or iZombie. Um, so there, that website is no longer in existence, which sucks because when I first watched this, that episode, that that website was filled with like stories and stuff like that created by the series uh, sh- showrunners and uh, sorry, uh, series writers. Uh, which is really cool. So they put a lot of effort into the episode, but um, now it just goes to CW.com. There is an entire website dedicated to Tulpa lore as well. Um, It's not very uh, graphically set, uh, but it basically contains um, nothing to do with the television series Supernatural. Um, It goes into... Uh, several different other countries such as Pol- uh, Poland, Italy, and Russia about the about the Tulpa um, and then I was actually I found in my roommate's collection a, uh, a, a, a movie directed by Federico Zamagolino 
about uh, Tulpa, uh, starring Claudia Gerini. I don't know who that is. Uh, Lisa is a businesswoman with a secret double life. If during the day she's a she is busy and serious worker, and at night she's an assiduous frequenter of a private club called the Topa, owned by the haunting Tibetan guru, where the sickest fantasies of customers become reality in more ways than one. But the fiery love affair attended by Lisa begins to die off one by one in increasingly cruel ways, and the woman finds herself involved in a chain of murders that the police begin investigating. Forced to investigate on her own, not to discover her double life by the police, she will face a terrible escalation of death, mysticism, and, eros and supernatural eroticism. Dun-dun-dun. It was uh, entirely in Italian, and so I had to read most of the film, but this was basically like the only media film about a believing in something and bringing it to life. Um, uh -huh. It seems like Supernatural is the only one to kind of do that in this way, to have this whole like enough energy created through belief to bring something to life. Now, as I was discussing with you off the air about like fleeting memories, that's kind of the same way where you believe in something so fiercely, you could take a polygraph and pass it because of the fact that you believe in this so much. Is there any memory you've ever been called on by friends or parents or anything that you've been like, no, this is the way it happened. They're like, no, it didn't happen that way. We're not calling you a liar. You're just not. Do you have any, any All the story? Time, it's <clears throat> just like little things where I'll remember it a certain way and my other friends will be like, that's not how it happened at all. <laughs> um, there is... Uh, I was also going to relate this to um, something I read about uh, religion in a lot of ways. Like, you know, let's say... And I'm not. I'm gonna say ghosts don't exist only because I've never encountered one. Um, but I'm never gonna say like aliens don't exist because we can't possibly be the only things in the entire galaxy. But so not not to get into a discussion of whether or not God exists or not. But some scientists have thought about that we believe in God and heaven and hell, and the devil and Jesus so much that we believe it to be real, and we've created this like kind of like mass feeling about it that we think. Um, that it's real when it's actually not because we live in a you know an age of science and stuff um, and back then they didn't have that type of understanding so they created God through like the belief of like overly thinking about it um, you, you... you could say the same thing about any religion correct um, because of how uh, the theory and uh the theory of of uh, religion has changed so much, and we are so much more science based today in certain areas of the world versus how much you know it was just a not like a planet wide belief in whatever religion religion you happen to follow. Mm -hmm. What sucks though is the Russian website is entirely in Russian, and I don't speak Russian. <laughs> uh, let's see if the Google will translate it. Oh, okay, here we go. The answer to this question of what it, in um, in Russia they call it a tulp, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. The answer to this question will be for everybody. Someone who wants to have a good understanding and a companion, someone to get rid of the obsessive feelings of loneliness. Someone who wants to a clean and sincere love. Somebody that makes them different, makes them feel different and more unusual and with more unusual reasons. Psychologically damaged people will also kind of create. Um, somebody that doesn't exist you can relate to like an imaginary friend but at the same time you could uh, be you could sh 
you could uh, fixate on maybe an individual so much and fall in love with them that they're not any part of your life but start like you know within your own mind creating your own like fantasy person to be with yeah <laughs> obsessive like overly obsessive people would uh, would do this um, the atmosphere that they set in the Hell House episode um, was uh, right up there with what I wanted to see more often happen in Supernatural with this kind of like ghost shack um but they don't seem to ever kind of they didn't seem to kind of like do that that often um, in other episodes of the TV series, which was a big disappointment. Um, but this was like indicative of being like a haunted house style episode. And for anyone who's not familiar with, oh excuse me, anyone who's not familiar with like what uh, they're referring to in this about the uh, the two uh, ghost faces names, they come from the uh, the Ghostbuster movie, of course. There was a great film called, uh, oh, it was filmed here in Massachusetts, um, Malevolence, yeah, Malevolence, and the the uh, the, the guy, Mordecai, uh, Mordecai Murdoch, he reminded me of the killer in this movie, Malevolence, Malevolence, which is about a bank robbery gone wrong, and the three people um, are trying to get to the get to the hideout when one of their friends got shot in the bank robbery and so they're hiding out there waiting for the pickup to transfer the money over to the person they're stealing it for and they don't realize that it's the house of a serial killer who's like been bringing people there for years and Mordecai has the basically same look that we see of the serial killer except for he has like a bag over his head the whole the whole movie and he's always like standing in the dif- in the distance mm-hmm. um, Mordecai Murdoch um, I think uh, was also a similar name did you ever see um, the movie The Cabin in the Woods? No. Oh, wow. That is a fantastic film about uh, the guy who plays Thor in the Thor movies, um, and his friends are off to a cabin in the woods. Um, but the movie opens up with this people inside like a, a test lab, and you find out that the kids going to the cabin in the woods are being watched and tested and everything is being set up for them to for um, like a sacrifice to an elder god. Um, you find out basically it seems like every version of every uh, kids going off to uh, do things in horror movies like smoking weed and stuff like that are always set up by these um, by these test people. And depending on when they go in the basement, they pick what object they pick up, it will summon whatever creature is going to kill them. So it could be like a book that summons a demon, or it could be like a mystical object that summons like something like Pinhead, or it could be like Sleeping Potion, they summon like a sleep demon, or it could be like, it could be anything. There's even like a unicorn, there's a mermaid, there's vampires, there's werewolves and all sorts of stuff. Um, what they end up summoning is uh, zombie hillbillies, and uh, the Mordecai is the name of the fil- hillbilly family that they end up summoning. Um, what's also kind of strange, what's kind of cool, is that the uh, the people in the testing lab are also taking bets, like gambling, to figure out what object they're going to pick up. It's worth checking out. It's written and produced by uh, Joss Whedon, the director of the Avengers and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Not to dis to uh, downplay anyone who is a ghost hunter, but you can probably go to the official like ghost hunter website and uh, which catalogs every single state uh, that there happen to be ghost hunters in, and go there and check out and join up with one of the groups and uh, you know any one of your areas. Uh, they happen to be all over the place. Um, I'm not a super big ghost hunter expert, only because I don't believe in ghosts. 
so I don't have a lot of great information on that other than what I just gave you. Um, usually you can also find them at like horror conventions too, because that's their type of audience. I'm trying to see if there's any more information, otherwise we can close out this episode. Oh, one of my uh, favorite bits in the episode is when the um, ghost hunters, Ed and Harry, are searching around and the cops are on the other side of the uh, of the house and Dean yells out, Who are you going to call? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which gets them completely in trouble. Um, and Ed and Harry, when they uh, a- after seeing Mordecai, they're like panting like crazy, uh, standing outside the cabin. Uh, they both say, Sweet Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I do wonder why they decided to use the Blue Oyster Cult symbol. Is it just because of the way it looks? I guess, probably. Does your book say anything? Because there's the picture of the Blue Oyster Cult upside down cross with its hook. What's uh, John's little uh, blurb in there? Did you read that already? I don't think you did. Um, It says, Tulpa created through intense ritual visualizations known as Dubfab? Variation known as... I can't pronounce this word. Is We're so lost without Heather. Specifically aimed at creating a thought form with the idea of harming another person. Physical form of tulpa becomes apparent to the senses after the mind can begin to sense its spirit presence. Tulpa thus created, no matter the creature's intent, will gradually turn on the creator. Well, I think that would pretty much wrap it up for this episode of uh, Supernatural Creatures and Lore, talking about uh, Tulpa in the episode Hell House. Um, I don't have anything else to add to it, really. Cat, uh, it doesn't. You don't either. No. No. <laughs> um, we would like to thank uh, the, the uh, excuse me, IncompleteTech.com for providing us with the music and beginning of the episode from Shadowland Seven. Um, eerie, intense, and unnerving music definitely suited for this episode. We'd like to thank Jessel Lanter for providing with us with our theme song. Don't forget you can check out Supernatural Creatures and Lore on Twitter, as well as on join our Supernatural Creatures and Lore Facebook group, which would be awesome if you could. Um, and don't forget we also have a Patreon as well if you'd like to help support Creature Supernatural Creatures and Lore. Or if you happen to have a local business or website that you'd want to have podcasted about here on the uh, show, we would definitely do that. You can contact us at that Chris D S A V sorry uh, that Radio of Horror at gmail dot com, and we both have individual YouTube um, channels that you can check out. Mine is Radio of Horror, as well as Radio Horror on Vidme. And Cat is on. Cat has just returned after yeah. a long stint away from uh, YouTubing. Yeah, my YouTube is Cat Loves Cats. And you're back on it. Yep, I think so. After disappearing. Summer. <laughs> um, and she'll have many exciting videos up. I think you're gonna. Do, you said you're gonna do one at like Boston Comic Con. Probably. I w- I usually do one annually at that. So again, tune in uh, in a couple weeks for the next episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore, where we do something wicked. Do you want to say goodbye? Goodbye. <laughs> In the shadows you can hear the sounds The rumble of a hundred hellhounds Cries of the banshee, a terror of the go. You all they can't see if they just know where to go It's the creature Whoa. It's the creature Whoa. It's the creatures from the supernatural goo